You know the vibes. Welcome back to another week here at the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K23, the place you need to be to keep up to date with all things NBA. Mr. BJ Armstrong with us as always. BJ, how was your weekend? Well, it's all good. It's all good. Go all good. Little NBA, little this, little that. And uh, check it in. What's going on? What you got? What you got for well, me? It's all good over for you living in LA. And it's even better for one of the teams in LA, the Los Angeles Lakers. They oh. moved up from 13th to 12th oh. in the standings. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause. <laughs> but uh, they are on a five game win streak, all jokes aside. They have been winning games even without Anthony Davis, and they've won a few without LeBron James as well. They're on a five game streak. They're two games behind 500. They're only you know, a game and a half behind the six seed Clippers, two games behind a five seed Kings. BJ, my question to you is, as an LA resident, you keep a close eye on this team. Have they finally figured themselves out? I'm going to give the Lakers this. They, they play hard every game. They are very prepared. They play hard. And you have to beat this team. So I, I respect that. Um, obviously, we know their shortcomings when they are healthy. Clearly, without Anthony Davis, you know, you, you know, what can you expect at this point? However, however, they are playing terrific basketball right now. And, and they, you know, when you, when you start looking at their roster and you start looking what they're doing and the, the players, I mean, this kid, Thomas Bryant is playing a really uh, nice brand of basketball. And, and I just want to give a shout out to him, you know, coming back from a, a significant injury you know he had an achilles injury he's had to sit out all of last season and then for him to come back and find his way find his rhythm and battle his way he wasn't in the rotation early in the season but he's battled his way and he's a fighter so i'm going to give these guys credit they they play hard you know dennis schroeder has really you know he he's playing well especially on the defensive end i think he had like 27 28 points or something last night you know, Russell Westbrook has taken on that responsibility coming off the bench, what you, he's doing. you got to remember, know, so. with Thomas Bryant, I really liked him when he was in Washington, but you got to remember he was coming off an ACL that ended his season last season. So now... Oh, was it an ACL? Was it ACL? Yeah, yeah it an now ACL? we're okay, seeing him get healthy. I didn't know if he'd be able to get back to that level because the minutes yeah, I saw I, him I, in earlier on, he didn't look great. But after that right. performance, he, he had a monster performance over the weekend. I'm, I'm starting to see it. Dennis Schroeder... Um, what he does is, you know, he's shooting maybe the best three-pointing shooting of his career, but he also applies pressure on the rim by driving the ball and collapsing the defense in the paint somewhat. Uh, playmaking for his teammates, he's got a big boost coming in. Um, you know, I saw an interesting piece about him and his relationship with Darvin Ham, who, and they've stayed in touch over the years, and when Darvin Ham became coach of the Lakers, he called him and said, yo, I want to be your point guard. So that's an interesting subplot there. Did you see all the drama with LeBron James in the media that came out over the weekend? I, I did not. I, I, I did not. I, I missed that one. So you know, I just kind of watched the game. So, but I'm sure you would love to update me and up, I will, I will update the up, listeners. I will update what happened? you and anyone who missed it. Um, okay. LeBron James uh, was quoted. Well, first of all, ESPN did a, did a really dirty trick. They promoted a LeBron James exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview. You know, like the type of interview Jimmy Butler did the day that he Busted up Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins using the third string bench players in practice and then demanded okay. a trade. 
That, so like that level okay. of interview, that's what everyone was expecting. LeBron James exclusive interview at 6 p.m. Eastern and the full interviews out at 3. Uh, and it was really nothing. It was just him talking about breaking the scoring record and whatnot. But then our good friend Sam Amick published an article um, in which LeBron James said to The Athletic reportedly that y'all know what the F should be happening here, uh, basically implying that they need to upgrade the roster and that he was frustrated. Um, Sam Amick said that LeBron has waning patience and his greatness is forced into conversation that he deserves more help. And LeBron James has actually replied and said, hey, Sam, actually, my patience isn't waning. You make it sound like I'm a frustrated when I'm really not. I told you over and over, my job's focused on the guys in the locker room. My job isn't a roster. That's the reality of the conversation. And that's why I said, with the utmost respect and calmness, because of the mood I'm in, you're welcome, five-game winning streak. So just a lot of noise and nothing really of substance. But it kept the NBA world on the edge of their seats a little bit. Because everyone loves drama. Everyone loves LeBron. So, you know, but what I what I do want to talk about is just the, some of the stat lines this guy's putting up at the age of 38. 37, 8, and 7 in the win on Saturday night. Absolutely unbelievable. But um, do you see them as a playoff team now? I, I, I don't. And if they are going to be a playoff team, I'm going to say it. I think they will be in the play-in, and mm-hmm. they'll have to figure out how to, you know, get into the playoffs that way. I mean, look, it's great that they're playing hard. I think – what they're doing, you know, Coach Ham has this guy. I, I, what I love about any team is when they play to their potential. This team is playing to their potential, right? Everyone has figured out what they bring to contribute to winning. You know, LeBron James right now is carrying the load. You know, they have guys, Schroeder, and, and, and these guys are playing Russell Westbrook. Everyone's playing their role to the best of their ability. What what more can you say now? Who's to blame, right? Who, who in LA? What you've learned over the years, you know, living out here is, you know, there's got to be someone to blame. This team is what it is. Like, what are you gonna expect? AD is out. Well, AD was playing arguably, you know, at an MVP level. So what do you expect? But what I love about this team is they play hard every night. Well, so the, it's fine the reason, with me. The reason I asked that question is not so much because of the Lakers, but because of the rest of the Western Conference. Zion is now out with an injury for the Pelicans. We were lost two straight at the time of recording. We are recording this at 11.39 p.m. UK time on a Sunday night. Um, the Sacramento Kings have lost two straight. The Clippers have lost five in a row. The Suns have lost five in a row. We talked about them last week and how without Devin Booker, they look absolutely lost. The Warriors have lost two in a row. Portland have lost three in a row. Utah have lost a game. Um, so... What I'm saying is between the between the five seed and the 12 seed, only two games separate them, which is why if the Lakers do keep finding ways to win these games, they could end up at the five or the six seed just because of the calamity around the rest of the Western Conference. I was having this conversation earlier uh, with a yeah, family. I mean, mathematically, yeah, mathematically, yeah, yeah. mathematically they could do it. However, I don't think they have better talent than the Clippers. I don't think they have better talent than Golden State. No. I don't think they are as talented at, from a team perspective. Yeah, of course. You but know, as the Clippers, you know, Devin never, Booker was going to come back. They never played. Devin Booker's out with an injury. Steph Curry's out with an injury. You see, like, I was having this conversation earlier with a friend, and it's who do you think at this, if you had to decide right now, is coming out of the Western Conference? I said, looking at it, if the Warriors get to the playoffs and Steph's healthy, I've got to go with the Warriors because I'm not filled with confidence at this point by... 
But why would you say that, though? Why? Why would you say that? Because they have the championship pedigree. They have the chemistry. They have the experience of being there last year. And when I look at the other teams in the Western Conference, I don't know who in a seven-game series can take them out. Who Who do you look okay. at when you look at the Western Conference? I'm not filled with confidence when I see Denver sitting at the top. Do you, you don't think, see Denver? Do you see, do you see Denver beating the Golden State Warriors in a playoff series? I can see that. Okay. I mean, I can see. I mean, I, what I see right now, based on what I see, okay, and but in the second half of the season, Steph Curry is out. Who's going to step up and play? You know, who's going to be injured? There's a lot that can happen in between. If you ask me today, do I see the Denver Nuggets today beating? The Golden State Warriors. I would say absolutely. Now, does that mean that that will be the case when they when they meet up, possibly in the playoffs? Could be, couldn't, could be. Uh, however, right now Denver looks like one of, if not the best team in the Western Conference. Yeah, you could say that about New Orleans. The, the Grizzlies New Orleans is nice, hurt. Uh, on a yeah. nice five game win streak. And Jaren, Grizzly, Jaren, yeah, we got to we got to just talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. for a second. Because him, right this season, has been playing, especially on the defensive end, has been playing unbelievably good basketball. He has thrown his hat in the ring for Defense Player of the Year. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. Uh, do it when the lights are the brightest. All of this Defensive Player of the Year, okay, I, I'm done with that. Who's the MVP? Do it when the lights are bright. Okay, now... Right now, I I want to see this Memphis Grizzly team play in statement games. For instance, when the lights were the brightest on on Christmas, mm-hmm. show me there where the lights are the brightest versus the Memphis Grizzlies and all the I mean against the Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics and all. The, show me there. Show me that. You can play exceptionally well on the road, a brand of basketball that's going to translate to the playoffs. Look, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're very talented. They play with a lot of confidence. I, I happen to think they're well coached. Taylor Jenkins and his staff, those guys have shooters, they have spacing, they have size, they have all these things. However, I'm not going to get caught up in a five-game win streak mm-hmm. because they have one of, they have an elite player. And, and and this kid John Morant. Okay, John Morant is a very capable player to carry a game. He can carry a team, especially on the offensive end. He's a he's an ex, he's a to he, be he can will the game just in, in his style of play alone. Now, that's what I'm looking for with this team. So I'm done saying oh they're on a five game winning streak. I want to see okay. I want to see the Memphis Grizzlies show up and play when the lights are bright. Because I'm expecting now this team to win. That's what that's what I'm expecting. Jaron Jackson and these guys, Jaron Jackson clearly has the talent to be one of the best defensive players in the league. He has the talent. He has shown. The one thing he hasn't shown, though, is the inability to stay out of foul trouble. I think he's done a better job. But he has shown the yep. ability, especially when they need him most. It's the discipline. So, okay, well, whatever it is, 
I see all the talent. I see all of the stuff. I see them dancing and doing the gritty. I see all of the things <laughs> that you guys see. However, <laughs> I'm waiting to see when the dust settles and the dust clears, will the Memphis Grizzlies still be standing? And that's, you know, and I, and I think that is a reasonable expectation with this group. They have the talent, I feel, and the way they play, that they feel they can win the last game of the season. Okay. Well, speaking of doing it with Eliza Bryant and these statement games in the regular season, I have actually been quite lost with one phenomenon that's happened this season, and that is your former team, the Chicago Bulls. The streak-busting Bulls. If you're on a winning streak, you got to hope the Bulls aren't on your schedule. They'll end your winning streak. They seem to win all the games against the likes of the Celtics, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Nets, and then they lose against the teams that are below 500. How and why is this happening? Do you think teams are taking a night off when they I, 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 the I know or? I don't know I I don't know you know the Bulls look like they're you know look like they are you know stranded out in the ocean without a without a life raft without a life vest but then they come and beat all the good teams and then they come and they go to Brooklyn and then they they beat this team you know Philadelphia I believe they so clearly this team has some offensive firepower Vucevic and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you know, they, they you know, they, they kind of remind me a little bit of, of your Celtics. Just when you're ready to count them out. <laughs> Except the Celtics can play defense. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, well, well, just when you're ready to count them out, you're like, oh, the Bulls are done. They arrive and they... It's like they have nine lives. So I'm going to say this about the Celtics. Offensively, I mean, about your about the Bulls. About the Offensively, Bulls. yeah, Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine are all very capable of getting 25 or more points. In particular, they have two players who are capable of getting 30 scoring on the same night. Mm-hmm. Just the way they play. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, again, is having a terrific season from the yeah. mid-range, right? He's just He's just... He's unbelievable, right? I mean, he's aging very gracefully. Then you have Zach Levine. Zach Levine is shooting lights out right now. Now, when they're playing this well on the offensive end and Vooch is doing his thing in the interior, this is what you get. So they have guys who can score. If there's anything that is a question mark for them, it's defensively. But they seem to have been doing a much better job of that. I mean, they, with the exception of giving up 71 to our Good friend uh, Donovan Mitchell. Yep. They've been playing really well. And when they make shots, they're tough to beat. So I don't know what to make of the Bulls. It's kind of a hit and miss, literally. You know, they, they say this is a this is a hit and miss league. Well, when right now they're hitting. So let's just roll with it. And Zach Levine is just shooting. I mean, he's shooting the ball. I know what he's shooting in this. Yeah, he, he had a rough had. start to the season, but obviously that's with surgery and injuries and whatnot. But uh, right. You know, he's rounding his form nicely, which bodes well for Paris, BJ. Just over a week, you and I will be reunited in... Uh, right, Bali. right, right, uh, right. The, the Pistons, and uh, they didn't have a great game today against the, the Sixers. Uh, Harden had a nice triple-double in just 28 minutes, and Maxi looked nice. But the other team I want to ask you about is the team that the Bulls ended the streak of, the Brooklyn Nets. 12 right. games in a row, that's pretty impressive. And the player that stands out to me as great as Kyrie Irving is putting up 30 points and as great as Kevin Durant is with some of the most efficient scoring we've seen in the mid-range, Nick Claxton, 
I'll talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. putting his hand in ring for defensive player of the year. Jaron Jackson, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been great on defense, but Nick Claxton has been unbelievable on the defensive end for these Brooklyn Nets. And they're playing a great team defense as well. They're switching everything and staying with the deep, staying with the other team. I like what I've seen. It's like they're finally playing defense for the first time since this team came together. And it gets scary for the Eastern Conference. They'd have to call it scary hours over there in Brooklyn. But do you think what the Nets did <laughs> is a sign of what's to come? Because it feels like with the Brooklyn Nets, you're just waiting for more drama. You're just waiting for something to go wrong. Someone's suspended. Someone's not playing. Someone's out with an injury. It's like something always happens to them. But should we finally take them seriously? Because I feel like to start the season, a lot of people just wrote them off in the sense of, oh, we've seen this for the past two, three years. They're not really serious contenders. But now, are you looking at them like serious contenders to win the Eastern Conference, especially with, you know, Milwaukee having a horrible game against the Hornets? I loved Giannis's quote. We can talk about that after if you want. But are you taking oh, them yeah. serious contenders out in the East? Well, anytime you are, what, 10 games or more over 500, right? You, you have to be taken serious. This is, you know, Kevin Durant. Is having another. I, I just don't want to take him for granted. He's up and there in the MVP to, race now. I think he we, could run we, away with it. Yeah, I, I mean, again, you know, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, and for him to come back from the injury that he sustained and be able to play and play at this level and 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 do that just speaks volumes about him. So give him credit. You know, it was. We've had a lot to say about Brooklyn over the last two years, and, and it hasn't always been positive, especially from us in the media, because we've expected so much from this team, and they've, unfortunately or fortunately, they've made the headlines for all the wrong reasons, right? Things that weren't happening on the court. Mm-hmm. However, they've gotten their focus. You know, Jock Vaughn, give Coach Jock Vaughn and his staff credit for simplifying the game for them. And they have this team playing a really nice brand of basketball. And I think they're they're playing well on the offensive end. They're sharing the basketball. And they're getting contributions from guys like Nick Claxton and, and TJ Warren and Seth Curry and, and, and the guys. Of course, KD and these guys are, are playing like KD and Kyrie. We've come to expect them. And it's translated for winning for them. Now, how sustainable is it? And, and Mo, you and I can't forget that when the playoffs start, it's it's going to be a different game. And I'm not worried about KD and Kyrie playing in the playoffs, but I always get concerned about body types. What kind of body types do you have once you enter into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Now, this team is probably, let's say the playoffs started today, right? They would play uh, probably the Indiana Pacers in the playoffs, mm-hmm. okay? Because I think they are seventh currently right now in the playoffs. I would be concerned with that with that matchup. Why? Because Nick Claxton is not a big physical player. Right? Miles Turner and these guys, they're 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 big, right? The game is going to slow down. You know, if they play the Miami Heat, for instance, Nick Claxton has to play against Bam Adebayo. Okay? If they play, you know, even the New York Knicks or they play the Philadelphia 76ers if they fail to whatever, however this turns out, those are big bodies. And, and it's the one thing, Mo, I've I've learned in this league. It's very hard to win when you can't control the paint with big bodies. 
you got to be able to control the pain. You know, we are all looking for the big exceptional center, right? You, you're looking for a Shaquille O'Neal type. You're looking for Kareem or you're looking for Bill Russell or whomever. However, on the, you're on the ground more than you are in the air. Mm-hmm. And these guys, like your guy Rob Williams last year, he was terrific. You know, big physical yep. kid. Draymond Green, for instance, big physical kid. Jokic, big physical kid. Embiid, these guys. So the physicality of the game, I'm a little concerned about. Nick Claxton is doing a great job playing in the pace of the game right now during the regular season. However, now everyone's going to start pushing a little bit. Referees are going to let the fouls and guys are going to play through contact a little bit. So I'm waiting to see that. And what I do know is that Giannis, Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. and these guys are big men, okay? And that means that KD is going to have to go from the three position to the four position, and he has a small frame himself. I know he's going to play physical. I know he's going to do what he has to do. However, I am a little concerned about that because I can't recall off the top where – a team that did win the championship didn't have a physical presence mm-hmm. or one end or the other, right? You know, preferably you like them on the, you know, both ends, mm-hmm. but you got to have someone who can, let's say, control the paint, someone who can anchor your team on the defensive end. And that's my only concern. But other than that, they are, they're playing a nice brand of basketball and it's going to be fun to watch this team because now I think the rest of the teams are going to start gearing up to play them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, the, oh, Brooklyn's coming to town. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the Brooklyn had kind of lost that, but I think they're regaining their confidence and they're regaining for real the attention of the rest of the league. Well, we'll end the show on this one one more point because you talk about a big presence in Cleveland. have got two big presences in Allen and Mobley. And the reports are saying that the Cavs believe Tim Hardaway Jr. of the Dallas Mavericks is available. And sources are saying that he could be had at the right price. What do you think of that move? Okay. Of them adding another scoring two guard to play off the bench, perhaps? perhaps when they behind... say right price, what are they looking for? What are they looking I, for? Well, I think they haven't sorted out that contract with Karis LeVert. And it would be if the Mavericks wanted to pay Karis LeVert and see him as part of their team moving forwards, they could do a straight-up swap Karis LeVert for Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, I, I'm that, – that's a that's an okay trade. I Listen, you've heard me say this, Mo, and I, and I don't want to say it again. I'm intrigued by Donovan Mitchell playing the lead guard position. Mm. And you got Darius Garland there, though. And you have Darius Garland. I've been saying this for years now, Mo, right? You've heard me say this. I'm so it, – it, I don't think it is in the interest of, you know, the best interest for the team to advance. If you always want to look for advantages on the floor, Donovan Mitchell, in my humble opinion, has an advantage if he plays the lead guard position. Mm-hmm. But then you take in he's, Darius Garland off that position, and that's where he excels. I, 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 I'm just saying what I think the advantage is. Uh-huh. Now, I've been saying this from Donovan Mitchell since he was in since he was in uh, Utah. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's at the lead guard position, why am I saying this? Is because at the two guard position, 
where guys are a little bigger. I don't see the advantage. He, You can't just ask Donovan Mitchell just to be a catch-and-shoot guy. You can't get him off the ball. You take away what he does exceptionally well. When I look at their team, Evan Mobley, to me, should be a top 10 player in this league at some point. He he will get there. But, not right now, but he, he can get there. He's got the potential. Uh, okay. Not right now. Okay. Well, right now, not right now. Then my question is when? In this season or two, you're, I can see it. Right now, the okay. league has got yeah, so much. Yeah. I, I don't think he's anywhere close to the top 10. But he definitely, you can no, see no, that no, he can say he's, on both sides of the floor. But what, what I'm saying is, I think you got to start playing through him. Uh, is it, this is just what I see. D- Evan Mobley is a special, special talent. You got to start playing through him. Mm-hmm. You got to, he, he, he's too good. He's too good a player. He, he could be, he could be Giannis. I mean, he I could mean, be a Giannis. I mean, I mean, Giannis is Giannis. That's a lot of pressure to put on the young fella to say he could be Giannis. He could be a top 10 player. To ask him to be Giannis, who could go down as one of the greatest players ever, I think that's a lot. What I'm saying is this. I saw Giannis at the same age. His skill level is much farther advanced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. This is what I'm saying. You're looking at Giannis, the finished product. I saw him and Giannis at the same age. He's further along. Okay. Now, whether or not the the work involved to get to that level, okay, we can debate that. Because I didn't see anyone when Giannis came in this league telling me Giannis was going to be this. Because of the work that that young man did. And you know how I feel about Giannis. However, mm-hmm. when I see who this young kid is, who came into this league after I saw him as a starting center at the collegiate level, figure out how to play the small forward position in his rookie season and thrive. Hey, what are you going to (laughs) say? Okay. Now, I think this young man, if the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to reach their ultimate potential, they're going to have to play through Evan Mobley. Okay. Just my opinion. Okay. okay. Now, however that needs to look, I understand Darius Garland is an all-star. I understand Jared Allen is an all-star. I understand Donovan Mitchell is an all-star. From my eyesight, and I know I don't see as well, Evan Mobley is the best talent on the team. Like, now, so, again, he will do what the team asks. He will do whatever is asked. But if you're saying, how could this team win the last game of the season? Evan Mobley will be a large part of that equation when it's going to happen for them. Why? He's too good on both sides of the basketball, and he can affect the game on the defensive end. He can affect the game on the offensive end. This young man can play from the post. He can shoot the three. He can play pick and pop. He can play pick and roll. He can go fast. He can go slow. And he can match up with anyone at his position. Anthony Davis, Giannis, whomever at the four position in this league, as it's currently, you know, the the players are currently playing. He can match up with KD. I'm saying he can stop these guys. 
but he can match up and he can play in that game. There aren't many players who can do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think when you play and you start talking about winning, you got to look for advantages. You have to look and play through an advantage. I think Evan Mobley is a huge advantage for any team in the league, including the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. That's, 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 yeah, yeah. That's just, what I see. Just to take it back to the original question, though, is do you think Tim Hardaway on that team brings them closer to the opportunity of winning the final game of the season? Or do you and think I, they need I, to fundamentally I, I, change how they play, like you're alluding to, with Evan Mobley before they can I, get there? Listen, every team in the league, every team in the league is looking for the same thing. Okay. So you know how I feel more about the game. I'm always looking for the, the team that can defend and stop the other team, first mm -hmm. and foremost. Why? All right. If, if shooting, all right, is it is it great to have a great offensive game and everyone shoots well? Okay, that's one game. However, the team that defensively can stop the other team is going to win the series. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're telling me whoever the you know these players are involved in the trade, I don't think neither one of those guys have a chance to shut down and match up against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. No. <laughs> I don't. No. I don't think none of those players can shut down Giannis or Chris Middleton if they're healthy, if he's healthy. Yeah, it's, it's just about moving a role player and, and, and a role player. Yeah, uh, but, but what I do see, though, what I do see is, okay, if I have Evan Mobley, I, could, I, I got an advantage. Evan Mobley versus Jason Tatum in a series. I'm kind of intrigued. I mean, right now I'm still saying Tatum, but I, I hear you. I, 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 absolutely. But Evan Mobley is going to be able to do something versus Jason Tatum in the series. Yeah. No, I'm not saying you, you're not going to stop Jason Tatum. So let's get that out of the quick. You're yeah. not going to stop Kevin Durant. But I am, in, I am intrigued by the matchup. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. That, that, that's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me, it's all about the matchups. I'm Evan Mobley, in my opinion, provides intrigue and imagination on what could be because he can go anywhere from three, four, five. Yeah, versatility. And play to his advantage and give his team an advantage. And he's better right now on the defensive side of the game than he is on the offensive side of the game. Yep. So I'm intrigued, but that's just me. That's just what, so yeah, you can get, you can get those guys. I mean, they're, they're fine, but having Evan Mobley right now be the fourth guy, as far as shots attempted or field goals attempted right now, I I I don't I'm I'm not I'm not ready to do that yet with with a talent like him. This young man looks like he could be. I mean, Mo, I don't know how good he really is. He I, I think he could be really good based on what I see. But again, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm just I'm just watching. I I I I. You can't have seven footers like that with that type of versatility. And and not play through him. You got to play through this guy. I mean, this guy is a double double waiting to happen on a bad night. 
I mean, he could easily do a 2020 game in, yeah. a, in the playoffs. I mean, right now he's at 14 and nine. So, and, and you got to factor in, he's still only 21. I mean, we're saying yeah, all this, he's, I mean, he's still only 21, but. Yeah, he's only 21, but, you know, again, I'm not taking away anything from Gar- Garland is, listen, there's Garland is an all-star bl- player. Donovan Mitchell, all-star player. Guy just had 71 points. Yeah. But if you're talking about winning the last game of the season, mm-hmm. okay, if you're talking about winning the last game of the season, your best player has to be able to play below the free throw line. Extended. Yeah. Your best player has to be able to play below the free throw line extended. And, and that's just Steph Curry. Uh, there are always anomaly. There's, there's always an exception. There's yeah. always an anomaly. There's always an exception, right? Steph Curry is the exception, right? That's why so many people in the league never thought that they were going to win it because you're because most of most of us at media said you have to have some inside presence. And Steph Curry was like, "No, I can shoot this consistent." Yeah, right. Whatever. We've never seen anybody do it. Well, lo and behold, that only took about that, that took about. What? <laughs> That only took about 70 years before somebody figured that out. But however, he figured it out. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. Credit to it. (laughs) Credit to Steph Curry. Now everyone's trying to duplicate that. Everyone's trying to duplicate Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. but there's only one Steph Curry. So there's always going to be an exception. So I'll take my chances again on saying I'm going to find someone who can play below the free throw line. Giannis, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for instance. Someone who could do that. And then we'll go from there. And once you once you figure that out, then you can you can you can do some things. So, um, but it's an intriguing trade, like you said. I, I, I you know I, I think it would be good, especially knowing the fact of what you said about the about the business. Well, if, if he's not going to sign, you don't want to lose a player like that for nothing. Yeah. Well, it's all about winning the final game of the season and we're going to be rocking with you guys until the final game of the season and beyond. So make sure that you subscribe to the Hoop Genius podcast on YouTube if you're watching over there. You can get the visuals of every episode now. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. When you do, make sure you leave a like, leave a review, leave a ring, all that good stuff and tell your friends about the podcast too if they're trying to get into basketball or they're basketball fans. Let them know this is what they need to be listening to every morning, Monday to Friday. BNJ and I will be back tomorrow with more NBA talk. So I hope you guys have a great Monday. Have a productive week and most importantly, get buckets.